Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Google is there with the breaking news from the world of golf. Yes, correct. Uh, just in the last half an hour, in fact, Matthew, the PGA Tour has agreed to merge with Saudi-backed Live Golf. There has been a revolution in the multi-billion dollar world of golf. PGA Tour and its Saudi-backed competitor Live Golf, along with Europe's DP World Tour, have agreed to merge in expectation of creating a global entity for the game of golf. After a year-long civil war between the PGA Tour and the Saudi-backed Live Golf, the PGA Tour and DP World Tour have announced a stunning merger with the Saudi Public Investment Fund. The PGA, which is currently a not-for-profit, will contribute its commercial business and rights into a new for-profit company. Many had objected to live over the Saudi regime's human rights record, accusing it of using golf to sports wash itself. This is Saudi blood money. We know all we need to know about the royal family and what they have done. But now the PIF will initially be the exclusive investor in the new entity. We're creating a for-profit LLC uh, that the PIF is going to invest in alongside the DP World Tour. Uh, and together, we're going to move forward and to take it to new heights. This bombshell was dropped to the press and players at the same time. The secret deal shaping the future of golf carried out by a small group of people behind closed doors. Yeah, I just happened to be on the shuttle ride back from the range and opened my email and saw the uh, letter from the commissioner. But, uh, you know, I think for all of us out here on the PGA Tour, we're really anxious to hear the details to see uh, you know, how it affects each and every player in the tour going forward. But the most vocal critic of Live Golf was our own Rory McIlroy, who led the charge against the breakaway tour. I still hate Live. Like, I hate Live. Like, I, I hope it goes away, and I would fully expect that it does. So where does McIlroy stand now? And where does golf go after the not-for-profit PGA Tour jumped in bed with the Saudis? You know, I think ultimately, when I try to remove myself from the situation and I look at the bigger picture, it unifies it and it, and it secures its, its financial future. So, um, you know, there's, there's mixed emotions in there as well. Joining me to discuss all of this is the Belfast Telegraph's Gareth Hanna and former PGA captain Peter Hanna. Massive change in the world of golf. For anybody who maybe missed the news on Tuesday, Gareth, what on earth happened? 
I think that's a question that everybody interested in golf is still asking themselves <laughs> at the minute um, because it just came out of nowhere. Uh, so what happened? Historically, there has always been the two main tours, PJ Tour in America, the European Tour, which has now become the DP World Tour. Uh, and they have been far and away the two biggest tours in uh, world professional golf. So a year or two ago, there was a side tour set up to take players away from that uh, by Greg Norman, who was a former uh, Ryder Cup player. And uh, he was involved with uh, Saudi Arabia and their public investment fund to set up Live Golf, which was a sideline tour, which took players away then from the main US and European tours for huge sums of money. So there has been in effect, a civil war going on within professional golf between the guys who were loyal to the existing tours and the guys who went to live golf. Now, um, it has always been the case that the PGA Tour said that they would never do a merger with with live golf. But then, out of the blue, on Tuesday afternoon, uh, it's announced that there is uh, a merger going on here, that the uh, Saudi Arabian money is now um, in partnership with the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour. Yesterday was... uh was a, a landmark day, you know, to be able to announce that we've partnered with the DP World Tour uh, and the Public Investment Fund to unify the game. Um, you know, it's an exciting day. I mean, did we see this coming at all? Well, uh, as Roy McIlroy said yesterday, did we see this coming at some stage? Probably. You imagined there was going to be, uh, there had to be some resolution at some stage. Did we see this coming at four o'clock on Tuesday? Absolutely not. Um, and by the sound of things, uh, Rory and all of the, the, the tour pros themselves didn't, didn't even see it coming. It was seems to have been that much of a behind closed doors deal. I'm not sure how many people within the, the PGA Tour knew about it. It sounds like you could count them on one hand because if Rory McIlroy is one of the, the players on the policy board, and he didn't know then uh, there, there's there's certainly not many people who, who did although interestingly he did say at his press conference that he uh, knew there were talks ongoing um, so it is interesting that that you know he probably knew it wasn't a million miles off so yeah I, I learned about it pretty much at the same time everyone else did um, and yeah it was a it was a surprise um, I knew there had been discussions going on um, in the background uh, I obviously didn't expect it to happen as, as quickly as it did. Mm. Well, I, I was at the Masters in April and there wasn't any kind of talk of this. It was still very much talk of live golfers against PGA Tour golfers. So to say this has come out of left field might be a bit of an understatement. What exactly does this mean moving forward then? How will the entity work in terms of bringing PGA Tour players and live golf players back together? Well, that's the, I was going to say a million dollar question, but the million dollars are dropping the ocean at this <laughs> level. Um, but that that's that's the huge question that, that overhangs the whole thing because, uh, again, as was put to Rory yesterday, and as, as probably is and always has been one of Rory's uh, chief motivations um, driving everything he said about this over the last couple of years is how this impacts the guys who were loyal to the PGA Tour. You have guys there now who are struggling to get their tour card and if you now have an influx of guys coming back from Live Golf, how does that impact them? They're probably the big losers uh, in, in all of this and they're presumably going to be the ones that, that lose out. So it will be interesting how the two tours amalgamate in a way. I know Rory was at pains to say that it is not a merger between Live Golf and PGA Tour, but for me that, that sounds like a, a splitting hairs somewhat. Um, and the other side, side of it is that, that 
because if we take this at this is the PIF, um, the Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia, investing in the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour and Live Golf, as Rory says himself, is separate. So does it still keep going aside from this entity? This is what we don't know. And certainly Greg Norman, um, according to reports yesterday, had had done a call with some of the, the Live guys and had said, you know, we're not, we're not going anywhere. Uh, I think... It's one thing, Greg Norman, saying that he's not the guy with the money. So I would say, to me, it would be a huge surprise if that is the reality because uh, you would imagine if the um, Saudi Arabia fund are, are going to start putting money into the existing tours, what do they need live live golf for? Nobody's, in, like, there's not many people interested in live golf as it is. Um, so to me, it looks like Greg Norman could be sidelined and uh, live golf may, uh, as, as Rory may get his wish, and live golf might fade into history. But um, how this will work then in terms of the ins and outs of, of who plays in these events in the PGA Tour, will there be cuts, will there be restricted events as they have gone down that line, uh, and just what the, the calendar is going to look like, well, we're we're all going to find out over time. It's certainly going to be very interesting, and I dare say it's going to get a lot more messy before it gets any better. Yeah, strong words from Rory McIlroy in his pre-tournament press conference at the Canadian Open where he said he still hates live golf and he hopes that it goes away. I still hate live. Like, I hate live. Like, I, I hope it goes away and I would fully expect that it does. And I think that's where the distinction here is. But if we look at what Rory said last night whenever he was talking to the media, what, what did you make of his stance and, and how he approached this new system, given that whenever he was uh, the one who was talking out against Live mm. Golf and staying loyal to the PGA mm. Tour, he was he was very much the face of it and was talking every week and and backing the PGA Tour. There's actually I've seen a lot of talk on social media since Rory's press conference, um, getting at Rory for what people are interpreting as rowing back on his principles, but. To me, I don't see it that way at all. In fact, I think Rory has been and continues to be very constant in his views of this because what everybody knew and has known since day one is that Rory is very much against live golf. And I think a lot of people then, without actually listening to what he was saying, equate Rory's against live golf. And then in their own heads, they add on Rory's against live golf because of the source of the money and because of the human rights issues. But actually, if you listen to what Rory was saying, to me, that was never his uh, his principal motivation for speaking out against live golf. To me, he was always, as he said yesterday, his aim was always to protect the PGA Tour, to protect the legacy and the history of um, of golf and of that entity. Um, so the fact that then yesterday he's saying that he has come to terms with, I think was his phrase, of uh, Saudi money coming into golf and all of the, the human rights implications that that has with it. I think for people to say that oh, his principles have changed now that uh, he's got the money, I don't think um, that's very fair. You have written a few pieces this week on th- this issue and a lot of people wondered if the PGA Tour stance was sort of over morality or over money and we look at other sports where this has happened and especially in the Premier League where you have Manchester City have now gone on to create this dynasty with, with the money that has been pumped into them and Newcastle United are now a team who are on the up with the money that have had invested into them. Do you feel like there is a morality issue for the PGA Tour off the back of what they've done here? 
So I think there, there absolutely is a morality element. How can there not be um, whenever you're accepting money from um, the, the Saudi fund and you have uh, Amnesty International coming out talking about all of the, the human rights issues that there there are there? Everybody knows about the journalist um, Khashoggi, the, uh, the war in Yemen, um, and so many other issues, their treatment of uh, women's rights, LGBT rights. There's so much there. And so for me, that's not even, is there a morality element of it? That is the that is the debate. And that, well, it should be. That should be front and centre. Who cares about what impact this has on the legacy of a sport? These are people's lives are, are what we should be talking about here. And that's, to me, that was the puzzling thing from the press conference yesterday. You compare it to Graham's a year ago when uh, Rob Harris, the Associated Press journalist, listed out all of these issues to Graham um, and flummoxed them totally. So you compare that to yesterday and there was like a brief side mention of the of these sort of things and that's how sports washing works so these things get pushed to the side more and more and and all of a sudden uh, when people think of Saudi Arabia they think of golf boxing formula 1 Newcastle United and and they don't think of all those other things that we talked about so that's that's how it works um and to me that only works with the permission of journalists and of the general public if we allow that to be uh, moved away from the conversation. Yeah, and, and we've seen already guys struggling to answer questions that journalists are posing to them in America. We saw Bryson DeChambeau going on CNN and being asked questions about 9-11 and even Jay Monaghan going on Golf Channel and asking or being asked questions about 9-11 and both of them really struggling to answer it. So that there is proof that these guys are being asked the questions that they're finding it hard to answer, especially since the PGA Tour took such a hardline stance a year ago whenever 9-11 families protested a live event and the PGA Tour said that they backed the 9-11 families now to be a year later and they themselves have agreed this deal with the Saudi Public Investment Fund. They're struggling to answer those questions about 9-11. Jay, the 9-11 families united made a strong statement yesterday. They said you co-opted the 9-11 community in taking a moral stance against live. How would you respond to that group? Well, I um, I read Terry's comments. Uh, I I you know obviously acknowledge her loss and completely understand her position. And to the question that you were just asking, you know, I wish I think about the fact that I allowed confidentiality to prevail here. Yeah, and what can they say? Rory said it in his press conference. Is it hypocritical? It is. So what, what can they... What, what can Jay, I know Jay Monaghan was asked about this on Wednesday and it took about 30 seconds to say anything because what can he say? Mm. What It's there. It is what it is. And there's, there's no sugarcoating it. One of the other things that was revealed on Tuesday is that the PGA Tour, which has historically been a not-for-profit organisation, now that it has done this deal with the Saudi Public Investment Fund, the new entity is going to be a for-profit organisation. So what was the PGA Tour that it now will not be? Well, within that status, there is a, a legal requirement to 
give back to communities, grow the game at a grassroots level, and to to make the game accessible um, to people. So, so now they're they're free of all that. Although uh, I know Jay Monan has said that they they want to continue an element of that, and you would hope just as as golf people they would want to do that because it's in their interests for the game to grow the more uh, people of all uh, social classes of all walks of life uh, in America and elsewhere that are playing golf then the more potential customers that they have uh, in terms of consuming their product so uh, you would hope that they would continue uh, doing that anyway Um, but the certainly the the legal side of that will will disappear, but as I say, in practice, um, I probably wouldn't expect uh, too much to change. But maybe maybe that's naive. For you as a golf fan as well as a journalist, how has this news left you feeling? I think just very uh, conflicted about the whole thing. Well, not not even so much conflicted, just um, just sad in a way that. Um, I now, if I sit down to watch a golf tournament in the evening, I now think, am I complicit in some way in in okaying how Saudi Arabia treats the LGBT community? Am I complicit in some way in how Saudi Arabia treats women's rights? And sport shouldn't be about that. Sport should trend. There's enough of all this stuff going in the world. Sport should transcend that in a way and offer. Um, hope of a, of a united future to me and, and have an image of people from um, all walks of life coming together and being accepted because it should transcend all of that but now it it can't, it doesn't um, and so it has a role to play uh, in in those issues one way or another um, so yeah for me as, as a fan sitting watching the game um, yeah disappointed that I now can't do it without these issues in the background In your opinion, do you feel like the Saudis have bought golf and what then does the future of golf look like? Professional golf, yes, absolutely. But they're in partnership now with the two biggest tours, the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour. Professional golf is now in the financial hands of the Saudi Arabian Public Investment Fund, yes, absolutely. But have they bought the sport? No, because... Golf is so much more than the professional game, and um, golf golf is me and my friends going and playing on uh, a Wednesday evening or a Saturday afternoon, uh, and going and enjoying ourselves and that um, social element of everything and all of the the uh, the benefits that that has to society. I mean, when we were growing up, we did nothing all summer but play golf, um, and it given kids something to do and interest all of the uh, mental health benefits everything to that to me that's what what golf is and Saudi Arabia have certainly not bought that Um, so the professional game yes but golf is so much more than that Gareth thank you very much we're now joined by former PGA captain Peter Hanna to give his thoughts on Tuesday's big news Peter as someone who knows sort of the workings of of the tour from your time on it how do you think the players will have reacted to finding out this news not through the tour itself but the same way as everybody else through the announcement from from all three tours at the same time i well i probably would say you know someone would be disappointed especially those who are 
much more heavily involved. Uh, you know, your ordinary five-eight tour guy who, you know, there's quite a lot of them. So it's hard to bring them all into a meeting and uh, sort of sort of say, well, look, we're thinking of doing this. What do you think? I'm a, uh, the, just a bigger picture on it. But uh, I'm sure they'll be disappointed that they didn't hear probably a day before or there's a, you know, a certain group or an email that's sent out to them all before. Um, but, you know, as I say, there's always things going on in the background that us ordinary people don't really know about, you know. Mm. Um, I'm sure, well, if you're going on into, you know, those who are more heavily involved and you get the Rory side and you get to, you know, up into Tiger Woods and whatever, me personally would have thought that those guys would have been involved in some way in the discussions because they play such a huge part in golf and and at the higher level of you know PGA Tour. So. Have Have you ever seen an example of something? Obviously, this is such big breaking news that there there hasn't really been something on the same level. But has there ever been an example that you can remember of? Uh, something happening almost behind closed doors that people are unaware of because golf seems like a sport where a lot of things are leaked quite early for something like this to have been kept so quiet it seems almost unprecedented i know it it actually surprised me as well i was actually out for a spin on my bike the other day and actually my phone went and i I sort of stopped in case on whoever it was important and one of my mates had been on have you heard the news (laughs) and so you know they've joined up and lived so no, I've never really heard of it be- be- before. The you know the board and these uh, things the board are are generally a lot of the players, although they do have ex officio people on, and I'm not really too too sure. And I haven't heard. I was sort of hoping I would hear eventually as to who was party to all these discussions. How long these discussions have been going on? I've been fairly well aware that uh, this, these discussions have been going on in the background. Um, you know, live golf coming in, whether you like it and I don't like it. I take Rory's view very much that uh, I've never listened, never watched it. I never would do uh, because I don't think it's good for golf. Um, I've been you know, disappointed in the fact that the uh, the people who have moved to it and some of the reasons that they give, uh, I find very hard to believe because, you know, people that have come up through grassroots of, as they all have, uh, going through the amateur game plan, doing well, going college, going, you, you know, playing for their countries and then going into the PGA Tour, going on to the European Tour and getting all these opportunities that they've got and, you know, continuing on and, and making the money that we all see now that they've made, uh, which is a substantial amount of money, and then just to jump ship at the very end and to try and make excuses for it or the reasons why they're going uh, you know, again, I, I feel Rory made a very good stand on it, and yeah, I think uh, me personally thinks everything Rory has said has been right. How do you think those players will be welcomed back then, whenever this merger comes into effect at, at the event level? I mean, we've seen limited extent of that uh, whenever they've been playing in the majors, but whenever you come back to the sort of bread and butter PGA Tour events, how do you think those guys will be received by their fellow pros? Yes, well, you know, how will they be welcomed back? It'll be, it'll be hard for us to say some of the things that Rory said and, and the other guys. But, you know, Ian Poulter coming back and Sergio coming back and Graham McDowell coming back to play on an event next week where they're all playing together. I, I think there'll be, I don't know what the words they'll be used for it, but there'll be a bit of ice about for a, a day or two, I would think. But hopefully, 
it'll come back to normal fairly soon and they'll all be bosom buddies and they'll all be bringing and doing their best to promote golf, which is what we all want and me as a PGA professional want, just to grow the game of golf as much as possible. Well, all the talk so far has been about the PGA Tour, DP World Tour and the Saudi Public Investment Fund all coming together with the merger. One of the other entities that is being affected by this is the Ryder Cup something that you as you said have attended many and been involved in many what sort of ramifications will this have for the event yeah well it's uh your PGA or the Ryder Cup in in Europe is is run by a joint jointly between the PGA which I remember in the PGA tour the, the old European tour and the PGAs of Europe also uh, run through sort of Ryder Cup Limited uh, and we all um, those three companies um, all rely heavily on the profit margins that come from Ryder Cup uh, we have the PGA ourselves we have 8,000 members throughout sort of the UK, Ireland etc and, and working all over the world as well and uh, we need those monies coming in to, uh, to help fund our association as did the European Tour uh, need those, you know, the monies that because the Ryder Cup it is a very successful tournament as, as we all know, and it's the ramifications that that those could be down the line. Is that going to uh, continue? Um, we think of it in Ireland here, for instance, as well. We're going to Adair Manor in twenty twenty seven. What's going to happen there? So, you know, the Ryder Cup is the well, I think it's the third biggest sporting event in the in the world, and you just hope that you know, these changes don't cause any problems with it. Again, these are things, and, and hopefully uh, we'll hear um, as to what's going to happen over the next month or two, whenever the, the gory details as to all the agreements, etc., cetera, uh, come out. And, uh, you know, we just keep our fingers crossed that there are no problems with it because the, the Ryder Cup is such a huge spectacle for people, not only for golfers, for people who are non-golfers, you know, they're the people that actually watch golf and it brings so many new people into the game that we want that to continue and that rivalry that there is we want hopefully that remains Peter thanks very much for your time we really appreciate it and we wish you all the best this episode was presented by myself Adam McKendry the clips you heard were from BBC Sky Sports Golf Channel Fox News and CNBC Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.